Thank you for downloading from the Great Commission Society. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about our global ministry and team at www.greatcommissionsociety.com. Years ago in a small Midwestern town, one man's job was to watch the railroad crossing. When a train would approach at night, he was to wave a lantern to warn those driving on the narrow roads that a train was approaching and to stop until it passed by. One particular night, the train was coming down the tracks as usual, and the man took his place to warn any oncoming cars. He could see a car in the distance approaching the railroad tracks, so he began to wave his lantern in the moonlit sky. The car continued to come, so the man waved the lantern even more briskly. The train was only seconds away from the crossing. The car was not even slowing down. The man could not believe it, so he waved the lantern even harder. Still, the car came. The car was almost to the track, and the train was about to pass. The man could not stand in the middle of the road any longer. Again, he frantically waved his lantern, and the car continued to come at full speed. Finally, the man jumped out of the way as the car sped by and was hit by the train on the tracks. Everyone in the car was killed. At the investigation, the grief-stricken man explains to the authorities how he tries to warn the oncoming vehicle, but it wouldn't stop. The officer in charge said to the man at the crossing, Sir, you waved your lantern, but you forgot to light it. Jesus has called us to be lights of the world. It is our job to take the good news of the gospel to everyone we can. But it does no good to tell people about Jesus if the light within us is not shining. Without the light of Christ, we'll have a little impact. When people hear the word evangelism, they often think of either a large-scale evangelistic event or cold calling at the door. But do these evangelism methods make some Christians uncomfortable sharing their faith? Are there more fruitful methods of reaching people? Hello and welcome to our GCS podcast with author and evangelist Tony Anthony. Over the years, the term evangelism has grown to have some negative stereotypes. But could it be time to reclaim evangelism? What changes do we need to make to practically equip every church member to live as a missionary? How can we create an atmosphere of expectation for every member of the church to evangelise their immediate circle of influence? Let's join Tony as he explores the idea of network evangelism and explains how this underutilised approach is both culturally appropriate and personally achievable. Now what I'm about to say should come as no shock to you, but most unbelievers have no interest in joining you this Sunday. Simply offering a good product isn't enough in this post-Christian world. It doesn't matter how cool your venue is, or how good your music is, or how tasty your coffee is, whether it's fair trade coffee or not, or how hip your pastor looks. The unbelievers who do show up are there because someone has befriended and invited them outside the walls of a church building. Most outsiders aren't waking up saying, oh, I wonder how good the coffee is in that church. I'm going to go and check it out. Or I bet the music's great there. I should go and visit them. No, generally speaking, this does not happen. Now, as kingdom builders, we have to overemphasize evangelism. It's a challenge for us to be both missional and also pastoral, a real tension that exists from the founding of your church. One church planter recently told me, I just got started and I already have shepherding issues. But you see, if a church is to flourish, evangelism must be central to the life of the body. Now, over the years, two forms of evangelism have been most common, event evangelism and cold call evangelism. 
Indeed, when people hear evangelism today, they often think of either big events, crusades or door-to-door outreach. The Lord has used both of these approaches, and in some contexts they continue to be very effective. However, in other places, particularly in many post-Christian contexts, these approaches are often less fruitful. Now, I don't want to insinuate for a moment that we should reject these approaches. We shouldn't. We need to use every method available to us. But I do want to highlight another approach that has historic precedent, one that's both culturally appropriate and personally achievable, and it's what I would call network evangelism. Now, network evangelism isn't an event, it's not a programme, it's not something you only do on a Tuesday night at 6pm. No, it's a lifestyle. It's about living with gospel intentionality in the everyday rhythms of life. It's done among the people who fall into your current web of relationships. Now, when planting a church, network evangelism becomes a practical way to emphasise how every member can live as a missionary. There must be an atmosphere of expectation that every member of our church will always have two to four people in the incubator, the force field in which people are prayed for, given literature, the gospel shared with them, and brought to church and other events. And network evangelism is really essential because first it recognises the sovereignty of God. You know, it develops a mindset that every person in our sphere of life matters. And it helps us remember that God has us living in this time and place in history, surrounded by particular image bearers he has sovereignly put in our path. You know, Acts 17.26. And additionally, network evangelism has historic precedent. Social networks are the basic mechanism through which conversion takes place. Most conversions are not produced by professional missionaries conveying a new message, but by rank and farm members who share their faith with their friends and relatives. And this principle that conversions spread through social networks is quite consistent with the fact that the earliest followers of Jesus shared many family ties and long-standing associations. Although the very first Christian converts in the West may have been by full-time missionaries, the conversion process soon became self-sustaining as new converts accepted the obligation to spread their faith and did so by evangelising their immediate circle of intimates. Did you see that? The movement advanced because new converts accepted the obligation to spread the gospel with their own circles of everyday influence. You know, furthermore, network evangelism promotes faithfulness and patience. Evangelistic methods often involve only on-the-spot presentations. They can be at times impersonal as well. They can be about generating numbers and not valuing people. And they can sometimes allow us to simply just check a box, you know, or appease our guilt and then move on. But when you're reaching out to people you see regularly, it demands faithfulness and perseverance. You know, you can do the necessary pre-evangelism, you know, answer questions slowly and gradually watch defences go down and hopefully by God's grace see your friend or your family member or co-worker or neighbours declare Jesus as Lord. Now consider who would be in your networks. You could perhaps very easily organise your web of relationships within five simple categories. Familial network, geographical network, vocational network, recreational network and your commercial network. So in summary, what, what is that? The familial network, well, that would be in your family. Geographical, that would be people in your neighbourhood. Vocational network, that would be people in your workplace. Recreational network, the people you hang out with and uh, you know go to the cinema with and so on. And your commercial network is the people that you see at the shops. You can start by identifying at least 
five people in each of these networks. Or if they're low in one area, to increase the number of people in the other networks perhaps could be a good idea. And what will we do next? Well, number one, share the gospel with every one of them. Look for various places where you can sow the seed of the gospel in their lives and talk about your faith. Let your friends know you're part of a church and see if they ask any questions, perhaps. Listen to their problems of real concern and then seize the opportunity to address the problems with the gospel hope. Share some of your own struggles and talk about how you deal with them in light of your faith. Simply ask them what they believe and just let them talk. The next vital thing you need to do is pray for them. You'll be so surprised what happens when you begin to pray for the people in your path and people that you've shared the gospel with. And you may experience the joy C.S. Lewis expressed when he said, I have two lists of names in my prayers, those for whose conversions I pray and those whose conversions I give thanks. The little trickle of transferences from list A to list B is a great comfort. A third thing you can do is invite them over to your place to eat, to play sports, to go to a movie, to come with you to a church event. Consider ways of serving them. Identify a way that you can bless those in your networks. Babysit for them, pick up groceries for them, cut their grass and so on. And finally, give resources to them. Ask them maybe to read a a good testimony book or an article or to listen to a sermon or a podcast and then discuss these resources with them. So using a variety of approaches, whether that will be event evangelism, cold call evangelism or network evangelism, you know, really may God use ordinary saints like us who overflow with a love for Jesus to lead outsiders to faith as we live with gospel intentionality in our everyday networks. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review to help others find our podcast. At GCS, our mission is to communicate the gospel message relevantly to every person in the world. One way we do this is by providing practical resources to help you grow in your faith and present the Christian faith across different cultures. You can find out more about our resources at www.greatcommissionsociety.com. If you would like to donate to our efforts, be sure to contact us, or you can donate online. GCS is a listener-supported ministry and is chaired by a board of directors in Edinburgh, UK.